Before diving into today's episode, I want to thank the season sponsor, Riverside. It's no secret running an online business isn't easy, which is why any software that can help speed up my workflow is a huge win in my books. Riverside is your all-in-one podcast and video platform where you can produce studio quality recordings and lightning fast edits wherever you and your guests are. I was actually first introduced to Riverside by one of my social media management clients and it was an immediate game changer for creating content around their business. The AI magic clips meant I had countless instant videos to repurpose across all their social channels and the instant episode transcripts meant that I could go a step further making dozens of graphic carousels and writing captions all based around one podcast episode. In a world where it feels like we need to be constantly producing new content every day, Riverside makes it easier to do just that without sacrificing the quality. I've personally been using Riverside to record and edit my podcast for the past few months and I'm excited to share my exclusive discount code with you today. Use the code DishingUpDigital to save and check out the link in the show notes below. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Dishing Up Digital podcast. The one thing I love about this podcast, it's my favorite place to create content because I can be super raw and honest with you guys. I can really get into the nitty gritty of what's happening behind my business, behind the scenes. And my other favorite part of this podcast is bringing guests on to do the same, to talk about their journey. Because I think when you are starting this long road of entrepreneurship, it can be very lonely. And it's awesome to hear when people are in the same boat as you or they're experiencing the same thing. And I'm very excited today to be joined by Kelly, who is one of my Dishing Up Digital School students and has bravely volunteered <laughs> to chat with me today. Uh, but I promise I'm not, I'm not going to be mean. We're not going to torture you, Kelly. It's, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, and yeah. I want to kick things off by handing the mic over to you, letting you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about where you're from, your backstory, what's brought you here today and what sort of got you into this big world of entrepreneurship and social media to begin with? Oh, hello. My name is Kelly. I, um, I've had a design degree since 07, um, graphic design. I didn't think I would do much with it, but um, I eventually got a job in a, like an in-house designer for a local um, business. And so that kind of developed, um, quite a bit in six years to the point where they had me take over their social media. And, um, so I was doing that for a few years and then, you know, during that time life was a little complicated and it pushed me into a lot of like different directions, but it was, um, it was kind of like time to get moving on doing my own thing. Cause, uh, the work environment had become a bit toxic and, personal life, I had gotten out of another toxic situation. So I was just kind of like done. And I was like, I need to be doing something else. And I, I had two social media clients, um, during that time. So I, this past summer, I decided to start my own business, um, doing graphic design and social media management. So I kind of jumped into it. It was not planned, uh, a 2023 plan to start a business, but I'd always kind of dreamed about doing it in the back of my mind, never, ever thought I would actually do it. So when um, the opportunity came, I kind of jumped in. I was totally scared. <laughs> like I was quitting a you know, full-time job and didn't really know what the next steps were. So I just um, jumped in. I had a little bit of guidance, but um, it's been a challenge over the last seven, eight months. And What's been helpful is meeting with other people who are starting up in their businesses or even 
those who have been in the business for a while and listening to how they're kind of winging it, just like I'm winging it, you know? Like, I don't know everything I'm doing, but I'm learning to just accept that and embrace the fact that I don't know and I'm going to mess up and just kind of move in from there. So uh, that led me to where I'm at now is having my own business and still learning quite a bit. That, what you said right there is such an important lesson, I think, for Mm -hmm. everyone to hear is that majority of entrepreneurs, social media managers are just winging it, right? When you start talking to people, you realize like, oh, I'm not the only one who has imposter syndrome or is figuring things out as I go along. And I think it's such a skill, such a great skill to develop so early on in your journey to be able to just push yourself and be like, okay, I don't know how this story is going to end, but we're going to dive in anyway, because that's what stops so many new entrepreneurs, right? Is the fear of the what ifs. So to be able to dive in, I think that's amazing. What made you choose social media management specifically? I know you've talked a little bit about the flexibility, working for yourself. What was the big attraction there? Um, While doing it for that company I used to work for, I did enjoy coming up with new content and creating ads. And so when I started helping out the other two clients, it was off kind of like on a whim, like, you know, they came, those things, those opportunities came to me. And then I was like, oh yeah, this sounds like it'd be pretty interesting. So the more I got into the social media and understanding all the algorithms and all that, I mean, it's, to me, it's a little overwhelming and confusing, but um, I also find the challenge is like, I like that challenge, even though I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but um, I like the challenge of learning something new and designing and coming up with these posts. And it it all seems to flow well when I start. Like, I might not know where I'm going with a post at first, but like once I dive into it, it all like starts to flow out, which is kind of similar to designing. Um, Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to design and it just kind of flows out and works itself out in, in the end. And what would you say has been your biggest challenge so far on this journey as a social media manager? I think we talk a lot about the highs of social media management and why we love it. But on this podcast, I always like to bring up the honest truth and what what is actually happening behind the scenes for a lot of us. Yeah, um, my biggest challenge is me. Like, I feel like that is the biggest hurdle because I got to get over my own Uh, weaknesses like things I'm not I feel I'm not capable of doing and I don't give myself much credit for like getting over those hurdles and trying to move past them seems to be the biggest challenge right now but um but I don't want to quit like there's that part of you that kind of like doesn't know what to do but then there's that part that just says okay just keep going like you can you can pull through this if you even if you don't know what you're doing so I'm actually working with a health and wellness coach to kind of help me with that because um, like jumping into this business, I also came out of that toxic relationship that kind of drug me down a bit and did not give me the confidence. It kind of killed my, my confidence and my positive outlook in life. So I'm like recovering from that, going through a divorce and quitting my job and starting a business all in one year. So like trying to get over those, the personal stuff along with, the stuff of not feeling adequate enough to run a business or thinking I'm in over my head. And that's why it's very helpful working with other people who are in the same industry or even uh, business owners themselves. Yeah. Because it helps me to like 
um, not be so hard on myself. Yeah, 100%. And funnily enough, I'm writing the presentation for an upcoming free training that I'm going to be doing. So for those of Mm -hmm. you listening on the podcast, if it's um, not happening by the time I post this interview, I'm not sure when I'm going to post it, (laughs) I'll drop a link down below. And in that presentation, my first slide is the biggest obstacle in your business right now is you. And a lot of people think it's, oh, it's the algorithms, it's, you know, the demands of the industry, it's the craziness of social media. And it's like, actually, no, it's Mm -hmm. you. It's working through your own mindset and your own confidence. And to hear you talk about going through the breakdown of a relationship and starting a business, I relate to that so much through Mm -hmm. my story and going through a breakup and how you really are at your lowest, like, confidence-wise. Like, you really feel like you've taken a few kicks to the heart. How... Mm -hmm. Do you, or what sort of strategies do you have on the days when that confidence is low and you've say got to show up for a client meeting or you've got to put together some content and you're like, I feel terrible. I can't do this. How do you get over that hurdle? Well, what I've noticed is waking up in the morning and like before I even get out of bed, the negative thoughts really want to attack me right then and there. So I've had to learn this. It wasn't easy. Um, so when they start, I like I hurry up and try to push them out of my head. And I do the, you know, think of the things you're grateful for or just think of the to-dos for the day and <clears throat> kind of like focus on what needs done and try instead of like getting stuck in my head and being controlled by negative thoughts or past situations and just really like okay, I know I don't want to do this right now, but if I don't do it, I'm just going to keep myself stuck. So, like, I really have to push down those thoughts. Um, and then, you know, like, there, when I do do it, it's, like, amazing. Like, it feels great, like, to be able to do that, to control the negativity and not let it overwhelm you. It's it's new to me, but it is uh, it's a great feeling. And, like, once you get going and once you get started, then the day, it does take off. So you're not miserable the whole day. You just have to get over that first initial... Um, in a bad mood and stuck in all the past um, things in my head, you know. So the first thing you got to do is just move away from those negative thoughts. Like, as soon as they start, like, go right into being grateful about something, you know, anything little. The fact that you can get up out of bed and, you know, you can walk or that the sun's shining, hopefully, that day, you know. So I just got to work at your mind, that's for sure. That is so powerful and funnily enough, very similar to what we were talking about in that initial first question around Mm -hmm. you've just got to take a leap even when you're scared, even when you don't know, you know, how things are going to end. You don't have it figured out, but you just start similar with your mindset there, even Mm -hmm. when you're feeling down, even when those negative feelings or thoughts are kind of feel like they're suffocating you and floating around everywhere. You just start anywhere. You're like, okay, those feelings are bubbling up this morning, but I've got stuff to do and I'm just going to dive in and do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that myself personally as well. You know, if I've had maybe in the past, uh, I remember vividly a couple of years ago, I had this specific month in my business where whole different things have aligned and I ended up having three client contracts end at once. And I was like, oh my gosh, mad panic. And Mm -hmm. that hit me and the, you know, the insecurities of, you know, these clients don't want to work with me anymore or two of them were, they're the ones that ended it. One of them, I ended it. <laughs> and to then go back to my client work and be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, the clients that have stuck with me, I still need to produce co- great content for them. 
but I'm now in the mindset of, you know, all these clients are leaving me. I don't deserve this work. What am I doing with my life? You know, deep, mm. dark spiral. And I remember one day I had to do some UGC content for one of my uh, food clients. And I remember putting on my Taylor Swift music. Everybody on the podcast knows I love and worship Taylor Swift. <laughs> Put on the music and was just like, let's just be creative. Like, let's have lots of fun shooting really cool content. And I came out of that shoot, Dan. I remember because I worked with this client for about a year, I think. And that was my favorite shoot that I've ever done for them. I had the best content come out of it because I just, I just got stuck in and I just let those mm -hmm. negative beliefs float back, disappear, and just focused on the creative work. And I think that can be very rewarding as a social media manager to be able to channel into that creativity. It is. It's definitely not easy. It's a, it's like an exercise, like any part of your body, you need to exercise that part of your brain to like really pull yourself out. So like when you first start doing that, it's not easy and you can't always do it, but like the more you do it, um, the more um, normal it becomes. And so it's like easier to pull yourself out of those days. And what for you has been the best strategy in terms of booking clients and growing your business? I know you kind of had the clients you were working with initially before you transitioned mm -hmm. full time, but I always love asking this question to people that come on the podcast because I feel like everyone's different. Everyone's got a different journey. And for mm -hmm. those who are listening, who are in the early stages trying to book those clients, it's great to hear those different strategies to finding clients. Mm. Um. Well, I started off, like, I'm going to stay, my industry is a hardscaping, landscaping industry. That's what I was in for the last six years. So I have a lot of connections there. So I need to, I haven't done it yet, but I need to reach out to them and just let them know what I'm doing now. Um, but that's how I got my first two clients. And then uh, I start networking. Some of it's, well, most of it's in person. Um, I joined a women's business group. And so I've gotten some leads from there. And it's not just all the social media, it's also the graphic design. So it's kind of a mix of both. Um, but yeah, definitely networking. And I feel in person is very helpful, especially if you have a lot of that, you know, that industry that you're looking to get into in the area. And so there's a ton in this area of landscapers and hardscapers. So um, that works for me to do in-person networking. And um, a few Facebook groups I've gone that way. I see somebody who says, I need a website revamped and, you know, I just chime in and uh, can get a job that way. Um, but those are my, my biggest thing is like networking uh, in person and then doing, I haven't done any of those cold pitches yet that um, you all have talked about, but um, I'm starting to reach out to past clients. So they know me, but I'm still emailing them and seeing what, uh, what I can get from there. But yeah, networking. I think is my biggest way of getting clients. It's funny that you say that because I just chatted with um, Christine and we did another interview for the podcast and mm -hmm. that was her top way as well. And I think when there's a lot of noise on the internet, when business owners are getting a lot of emails in their inbox, that in-person connection, even if it's just a 10 minute conversation at a round table at a networking event or a quick mm -hmm. introduction, it just cuts through the noise, right? When they have mm -hmm. all of those emails in their inbox to meet you in person, they can be like, oh yeah, Kelly had a really cool energy. I liked I liked the, the vibe that I got from Kelly and kind of picked things up from there. So that's yeah. really cool to hear from the both of you, you know, yeah. different parts of, of the country who are both using yeah. that technique successfully. And it seems, it seems I'm, I've been running into a lot of people like in their late 50s, early 60s, a lot of business owners, and a lot of them don't 
mess with technology. Like don't do all that social media stuff. So that's a benefit for me because I come in and I sound like I really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Even if I don't feel like I know what I'm talking about. Like sometimes I surprise myself with what I'm saying because I'm like, oh, I've actually learned something. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. This, that's exactly what we talk about in the Dishing Up Digital School, right? Though is <laughs> you are an expert to someone out there. Like you yes. might feel a little bit vulnerable being like, I don't actually know everything about social media. But to someone who doesn't use technology and just doesn't mm. understand it, you are that bridge. Like you are that shining light and expert to them. Yeah, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I actually have um, my first teaching uh, session tomorrow with a lady who's um, wanting to know about making videos and editing videos. And so I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm not an expert, but I'm going to, I know more than her at this point. So I was like, all right, I will teach you. <laughs> Exactly. So hopefully that goes well. Exactly. And can mm -hmm. I ask, how have you felt coming into an industry? Because I get this question all the time in my messages. Mm -hmm. When you see a lot of the industry maybe dominated by like 19-year-olds fresh out of school who are just, you know, growing on TikTok and Instagram and achieving all of these amazing things. How mm -hmm. do you feel coming into the industry? It sounds like you've found your own sort of niche, though. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've thought about it before because really I'm not big on social media as far as my own personal stuff. I mainly post just photos because I like taking pictures. Um, so yeah, I have thought about the age thing because I'm 45. So I definitely know this is kind of the, just they, like the younger generation just picks up on it faster, I think, which is the same for, you know, my mom's generation. Like I can show her things that she would never have a clue about. And then, like, when I see younger people, I actually like to pick up what they're saying because I know there's things they catch on to faster just because they've been with it for so much longer than I have, you know. So I don't get intimidated by it too much because I think there's quite the space for all different age ranges in this uh, industry. So, um, but yeah, mostly I just try to, like, don't be, like, negative about it just like okay embrace the fact that they're younger and they have different views on things just like I have different views on things so I, I kind of like to pick up what they're doing you know and then it is weird talking about people younger and like I'm older now <laughs> so it's like I still obviously everyone I still feel like I know that generation because I was there you know so it is funny like discussing the younger generation like it's so so foreign but yet it feels like so normal <laughs> I love that mindset, though, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people struggle with that. They can't see it from your perspective. And I do get so many people like every month, I can guarantee you I'll have one person in my DMs being like, am I too old to join the Dishing Up Digital School? And I'm like, <laughs> absolutely not. Like you're in your 40s. Like, what, what do you yeah. mean you think you're too old? Like, come join. Like you have all the skills, all the talent. I even had someone a few months ago who had been working in marketing, like in corporate marketing for mm -hmm. 20 years and they were wanting to they'd move cities so they were wanting to go out on their own and they were like do you think I can do this like am I qualified enough and I'm sitting there being like do you know how many clients are going to jump at the opportunity to work with a social media manager who mm -hmm. has 20 years of experience in corporate marketing like that is a huge win but so many people struggle to see their own skills or talents or positives you know we all have that lingering negative mindset instead so I love yeah. I love to hear that and I know a lot of people listening that will be super helpful to hear I also yeah. wanted to ask about your your niche 
landing on landscaping, landing on landscaping, mm-hmm. no, mind, mind the pun, <laughs> because I always love it when I see someone who uses a niche that they already have past experience or knowledge in. Has that yeah. been a huge plus working with your clients and, you know, understanding the lingo and how their businesses and uh, the structure of their businesses work? Oh yeah, for sure. Because you know, their, um, their struggles and you know who the clientele they want, you know, this, this area, I'm near DC. So we have, um, like a lot of people who have a lot of money and they can put $200,000 into their backyard, which to me is a lot just for your backyard, you know, but, um, so they like, they know, I know what type of clientele they're looking for and I know which ones would be the, the better suited for them. And, the, and then I can relate to the homeowners, obviously, because, you know, being a homeowner, I can think about what I would do for my yard. And I and since I know the technical, like, installing and the process, it kind of helps me be, like, right in the middle between homeowners and the landscapers. And do you think you'll ever expand on your niche, or are you happy in the world that you're working in at the moment? Um, I think I kind of want to. Like, I want to try different areas. I'm not sure what... um, I I help out a local church uh, with their social media. But I don't think I've... I haven't had any chances to work with anyone outside industry quite yet. But I wouldn't be opposed to it, like, if something else came up. Because I like to research I still research for my industry that I'm in so I would have no problem like learning about someone else some other industry would be it would be more interesting to you know have a variety a hundred percent I think the path you're on at the moment is so great though and I know I talk about this in the Dishing Up Digital School which you already know but uh, for those listening I talk about the the niche sort of journey or pathway how you can kind of start off experimenting with a few things Whereas you've kind of stepped, you skipped that step because you're like, cool, this is my zone of genius. This is where I've got some experience. Let me niche down on landscaping. Use that to kind of really accelerate and grow your business. Be like the specialist in that field. <laughs> Again, pun intended. <laughs> and then you can start once you build up that reputation and everybody's talking about how great Kelly is and you're in your sort of local area. That's when you can kind of broaden up and your niche opens and you start looking at different industries once you have all of that experience, those testimonials, I think you're on a really great track. And do you have any big milestones, pinch me moments so far in your journey, no matter how big or small, um, anything that's gotten you really excited? Um, well, obviously just leaping into starting the business without really having a business plan <laughs> was a pretty, uh, pretty exciting moment. Um, and just when I reach out to different people, because, like, the other day, someone, some gentleman challenged the fifth grade class at the school to make him a logo. And I read it in the local paper, and I thought it was cool. So I just text or emailed him just to say, hey, I think that's a pretty good idea, challenging the kid, these kids. And I really didn't intend, like, anything to come out of that. Just I was just letting him know. And he chimed back, and he, um, you know, thanked me for saying that. And then he said, I see this is your field. I am going to need someone to fine-tune the logo at the end so basically I put out my services and I got a response even unintentionally like I did not like that wasn't my goal so this was just last Friday and it was just one of those nice little moments where I was like having those struggles where am I ever going to get more clients and 
thinking negatively and then that popped up you know so it was um it was small but it was it just made me giddy <laughs> I was like wait I didn't even try on that one <laughs> I love so that. Cool. And yeah. and for me, I call that like the snowball effect. As you grow mm-hmm. your business, the more people you work with, you go through that period of time, you know, that first six months or even the first year where you do feel like you're constantly like, okay, where's the next client coming from? Like, where's the next person? Got to line up another client, got to find someone else, mm-hmm. go to the next net- networking event, send the next pitch. But eventually mm-hmm. things like that just start happening. And that's yeah. where that snowball is picking up more and more snow as it rolls down the hill. And all of a sudden you find yourself in that position where you're like, wow, okay, is it just me or is this feeling easier? Are there things, you know, popping up left, right, and center? And yeah. I feel like you're on, on the cusp of that, which is really, really cool. Yeah, and it was a good learning experience because now I know, you know, if I see something like that again, you never know. Just you never know what contact is going to turn into um, a job. So even if I think it's maybe nothing worth my time, it actually might be worth my time. So I'm getting more bold as far as approaching people than I was like even just seven months ago so exactly that growth in seven months is awesome and again Mm -hmm. I think it comes back to what we were talking about earlier around just like that human to human connection with networking Mm -hmm. with meeting people in person but it's also just you know being being a human reaching out being kind being friendly and how Mm -hmm. that comes back to serve you in the long run there's so many people that I've met at events who, you know, it's a quick hello, it's, you know, chatting, it's, you know, talking about your different businesses. And then it might be six, 12 months down the line where they pop up again and they're like, hey, I have this really good project. Can I pay you to be involved here? Or can you come on and be a guest speaker? Or I want to come use your services now. And it's really cool to see all of that again, the snowball effect, all of that come together the longer you're in business and the more that Mm -hmm. network grows. Yeah, even that, um, the business group that I'm in, they approached me already about talking to them about social media management. And I was just like, <gasps> it's like already, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I, I think I'll do it because I know I need that push, but I will definitely have to be like, I mean, it's only going to be like maybe a five minute speech, maybe or less, you know? So just get all my notes together and do it. Cause like, I'm just learning that if I don't do it, it's just, you're just going to get stuck, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. We're going to embrace the Nike slogan of just do it. (laughs) Yes, basically. (laughs) Yeah. And again, doing it with fear, doing it when maybe you don't a hundred percent back yourself yet, but just jumping off that ledge anyway and diving in. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to learn. Because I think that's what we don't give ourselves credit for. Like as adults that we still, if we're going to start in something new, we're going to have that learning curve and it's okay if we don't know everything and it's okay if we bomb here and there just go for it because it's just not it's you're just gonna get like I've been stuck for I'd say the last six or seven years is what I call it just stuck and I just was tired of being stuck and not going forward so and even though it's a challenge for my mind and before it was a just an uncontrollable situation but now it's a situation I can control and so I just have to keep pushing myself even though it's it's difficult quite a bit but that's just the only way to get going mm. As you were speaking, I can't help but think about when we're toddlers or young kids and how mm-hmm. much we just give everything a go. Like I remember mm-hmm. in New Zealand, it's we call it play center. It's kind of like a kindergarten. I'm not sure what you call it in the States, but you know, the school you go to before you actually go to school when you're, you know, three, four, five. And I remember like 
Oh, I don't remember. I've seen photos. <laughs> I don't remember the time when I was three. But yeah. in these play centers, you'd have painting activities. Then you'd be doing sculpture work with clay. Then you'd be like carving into the rocks outside they'd put in the garden. And then you'd be playing on the playground, doing gymnastics. And you're just constantly trying new things. And I think what's mm-hmm. beautiful when you see young kids doing that is they're not afraid to be learning. They're excited to learn. And I think mm-hmm. we do lose touch with that a little bit as adults. Um, I know in the past few years, I've taken up learning golf as a completely new thing that I absolutely sucked at. And that was a very humbling experience, right? To yeah. go through as an adult and be like, oh my gosh, there's a, a kid down, you know, 10 bays from me at the driving range who's hitting mm-hmm. it further than me and they can't be older than 10. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. But you're just going <laughs> to run with it and, and not yeah. be afraid to be the newbie again. I think is a beautiful message there. Oh yeah, for sure. And what would you say perhaps to other women who might be going through that same struggle as you right now, who might be feeling stuck in a certain situation in their career, in their relationship, as someone who has walked through that painful period of your life, what would you say to someone who's sitting on the edge right now being like, I need to change something, whether it's a career relationship, whether they want to dive into social media management, but they're feeling scared, what -hmm. advice would you give to them? Um, I think the advice I would give is you're going to have to push yourself really hard. Like the decisions I've had to make over the last six years, um, were not easy at all. And I would rather have not done them. But, um, if I hadn't, if I hadn't just forced myself out of that job and that relationship, um, then I'd still be there. And just to see how I've grown in the year out of being out of my, um, my marriage, um, it's amazing. I didn't realize how suffocated I was. So like, I think when you're in it, it is the hardest thing to get out of. And it's the hardest thing to kick yourself, um, forward, but either you do it or there's something else that's going to do it. Like for me, it's like God pushed me because, um, like when I left, there was a big dramatic moment when I left. And so like that, if that dramatic moment didn't happen, I just, I might still be stuck there because I kept second guessing every decision I made with my ex and um, he would actually just kind of, he would just say things that would just pull me back towards him. Not like romantic, ooh, I love you kind of stuff. Just, you know, making me feel inadequate kind of thing. Like not being able to handle things on my own or whatever. So like I just, I made the decision to move and it like not, not one bit of it was easy at all. And, but, and then the first few months were horrible. But like once I got out and once I started getting back into the swing of things, like, you know, I could just think things were changing. And, um, and then it was time to get rid of the other toxic relationship at my job. And it was kind of another kick in the butt moment because you're like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm done being mistreated. And so when you're out of one toxic situation that was kind of overshadowing everything else, you realize, well, this other one, I definitely don't need to be around it either because it's just kept harming me. I was getting anxiety and chest pains. I don't have any heart problems, but like it was just too stressful. So, um, so I went like, there were big leaps I had to take to get forward and they're not easy and they're not comfortable. And you just kind of have to, it just goes back to just do it. You just have to do it because no one else is going to pull you through there. No one else is going to pull you out of it. It is only something you can do to get yourself going forward. And like, it's worth the, 
worth whatever risk. It's actually going to be way better than you think it is. So I just got to kick yourself in the butt. That honestly gives me like chills and makes me a little teary eyed hearing you say that. And I know it's going to be the same for so many people listening who need that little kick up the butt or have walked that path, you know, similar to yours as well. I think that's so powerful. And I think a big part of my passion and my wife of building this podcast, building my business is helping other women to have their own path. You know, another podcaster I love that I follow, Girls That Invest, talks about the power of women having their own money so that you can then leave those situations, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, because you have your own independent finances to get yourself out of a situation. Uh, They talk about the concept of even something as simple as being able to pay for your own taxi to leave a certain place or to get out of whether it's, you know, a party, a date, a work event, being able to be like, I'm uncomfortable here. I need to leave. And how actually that is such like a privilege. And I love the idea of empowering women to build their, their worth, to build their little world, their empire, their business, their finances. And that's awesome to hear that you're on your own journey there as well. There's that key line that you said there that I want to repeat is there's always going to be something to worry about. Like our brains are brilliant at finding something to stress, to to worry over. So if you can start recognizing that early on in your journey and be like, actually, I am okay. I'm doing so well. Even if you're not like profitable yet, I try and always remind people like it's actually not normal to be profitable in your first year for most businesses. And I think In the online world, when you look on Instagram and TikTok, it's become totally normalized for people to be like, I tripled my old job salary in two months or something ridiculous. (laughs) And in the real world of business, most of us, the majority have that, you know, hard run to to get there, to get into that profitable zone, to get into that place that we want to be. And then speaking from experience, you'll get there and then you'll just move the goal. (laughs) So there'll always be a next chapter, a next ladder a next level that you're trying to reach. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And my final question, I want to give a little bit of a plug to the Dishing Up Digital School. I went and checked in my website uh, just before our interview and you signed up in September. So around six-ish months ago from the time that we're recording this, how Mm -hmm. has your journey been? What have you learned from the Dishing Up Digital School and would you recommend this to other people listening? Um, I'm glad you extended the time on that. Like, I think it was, went from three months to six months because, uh, being the procrastinator that I am, (laughs) it has taken me a lot, a long time to get through this, but yeah, you know, trying to battle all those other things. But, um, I, I've enjoyed the videos. I feel like you are down to earth and relatable because you don't hide the, the, the mistakes that you've made or the um, negative side of things or the challenges, you know, you don't hide it. You kind of 
put it out there for everyone. And you just explain things in terms that aren't too, uh, not like simplified, but you just, you put, you're relatable. I think I might have said that, but, and I feel like that's helpful in trying to um, break a piece, break the pieces down onto how to run a business and how to understand what you're doing. So I find it that your course is yeah easy to follow and um, makes, I think it makes sense. I don't, there's nothing that I ever like question, like what you're saying, I get what you're saying, you know? So um, it's been, yeah, well, almost six months and um, it's definitely helped me to feel more at peace with my decision to do what I'm doing and not freak out too much about it. So it's good. It's a good, it's a good program. And I definitely would recommend to other people. That's what we love to hear. I'm mm -hmm. in the middle of developing a new program, spoiler alert. And I have mm -hmm. like a little beta group that's kind of helping me build it. And one of the terms that I coined that I feel like sums up what you are talking about there is instead of simplifying things, I like to call it Ellenifying things. So just Ellenifying <laughs> is simplifying. And I thought it was yeah. quite clever because it's like something that I'm so passionate about is it's not like dumbing down things down for people. Mm -hmm. It's actually just like cutting through the noise. Like what do we actually need to know here? And in this particular lesson I was building out the other week, I was researching more on psychological triggers in marketing. Mm -hmm. And every article I pulled up would be like 72 psychological triggers. And I'm like, no one has the brain capacity to memorize 72 psychological triggers. We don't need that. I'm like, what are the no. most important things from these 72? Like, how can we pull out a top three that we can reinforce and remember and actually is going to have an impact on our strategy? And that's something that I'm super proud of with any program, including the Dishing Up Digital School. So right. thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on, for sharing your journey, for being so open with us. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you, follow you on your journey, connect with you further? Um, currently, right now, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Kelche Design. Um, it's my middle, or my first name and my last name mixed together. So K-E-L-C-H-A Design. Amazing. And we will link that, uh, your Instagram and your profile down below in the show notes for anyone that wants to go check it out. And thank you again for joining us, Kelly. This has been an awesome chat and I know so many people are going to benefit from listening to it. Great. I hope so. That's the, any goal of struggle that I go through. I hope it helps somebody down the road.